Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Oftentimes in, uh, in school, especially in elementary school, um, there, there's a weird grade or, or maybe even like a weird section of grades um, and that's, that's the citizenship grade. Like, you're graded on being a good citizen in elementary school. Um, so, and, you know, in elementary, it's usually about, you know, not talking when you're not supposed to talk, following directions, standing in line, having school supplies, and all that sort of stuff. All right? Do you guys remember the citizenship grade? Um, now, uh, Getting along with other people, following directions, all that other stuff, um, those are important skills, right? There's kind of those weird skills that were like, you need to know them. We're not exactly sure how to teach them besides saying do it, you know, but like, but they're they're hard. But ideally, the point of citizenship is the how to be a good citizen. Like, how, how to be a good citizen. Because society is just an agreement, right? Society is just an agreement for a bunch of people to live together in a community um, with one another under certain sets of rules and expectations. And so being a good citizen kind of helps us navigate that. It kind of helps us figure out, like, what does that mean? Um, And when there's a violation of those rules and those agreements, the society kind of suffers a little bit. You're like, oh, hmm. Things are not working out the way they should be. There's, there, there's discomfort. Now, um, last week we spoke about uh, living a new life, focusing on Jesus, trusting that Jesus has forgiven sin, and that if you follow him, your old life is dead. And now, as a people, because of Christ's sacrifice, we, we have a new purpose. And, and, and a big part of that purpose is just learning how to live and participate in the kingdom of heaven in God's kingdom. Basically, how to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. How to be a good kingdom-minded citizen. So with all that, and this is part of our just going through Colossians. So um, with all that, let's read Colossians 3, 11 through 17. Here, there is, here there is no Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, that messed me up last week too. Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive each other, sorry, and forgive any other if any of you have grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell richly among you, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father, God the Father through him. 
So uh, verse 11 was actually technically a part of last week, but, but it was kind of important. I felt it kind of grounded it. So, so I wanted to, to focus a little bit on that, 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 that part, because it kind of sets this up. Here there is no Jew, Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Now the here, the here that uh, Paul is referring to is the kingdom of heaven, um, that all those who belong Christ belong. And, and I, I love this verse because it kind of, you know, has lists of people, and I love it when there's lists of different types of people that come together. Um, Gentiles and Jews, those are people that were born into God's promises and those that were adopted into God's promises. Okay. Circumcised and uncircumcised, those that have grown up following the Scriptures and those that came to it later. Um, so barbarians, which from the Greek point of view was um, all non-Greeks. Um, it was kind of like Gentiles, right? So, so barbarians. And then Scythians, which were like considered the most barbarous, barbarous of the barbarians. And just as a side note, um, that's from the region that's now known as Ukraine, ironically enough. So um, slaves and free people. All these people, all these different types of people together in the kingdom of God, they're all brothers and sisters. And, and, and back then, the world was even more tribal than it is now, right? Your identity was completely wrapped up in your tribe. Um, and each tribe considered themselves the best, considered themselves to be favored by God or the gods or whatever they believed in. And Scripture is telling us that all peoples, all tribes are welcome into the kingdom, and Christ is in all regardless of our prior cultural affiliation. Okay, regardless of what tribe we used to belong to, um, Christ is in everyone. Um, the beginning of verse 12 takes it even further. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved. Okay, that, that, that statement, God's chosen people, that's always been Israel. That, so throughout Scripture, that's always been understood to be Israel. And Paul just changed it. Paul just changed it because Israel had thought that they were chosen, that they were the chosen one but they weren't the only ones that were chosen. Just because you're picked first doesn't mean you're the only person on the team, right? God chose people from all the tribes, all parts of society to be God's chosen people. And, and now with all these people coming from, from, from all these different backgrounds, from all these different backgrounds, we're going to have problems because we all have different cultural expressions, um, we have different experiences, but God is at work making us his people. So how do we become God's chosen people? How do we become those, those kingdom citizens? Well, first it's love. First it's love. Okay, that's our, that's our theme for the year, right? That's, our, that's been the blessing this year. It's love. First it's love. Love encompasses all the virtues. And I don't know about you, but I am not somebody who is naturally uh, gentle or patient. I'm not naturally compassionate. Um, kindness and humility are not my default. Um, however, whenever I think, mm, I need to be more loving, gentleness comes out. It just kind of happens. Um, I, I, I start being kinder and more compassionate when I'm intentional about being loving. That just becomes part of the package. Um, I'm patient. When I'm patient and understanding, 
that all happens when I'm trying to be loving. So, um, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Now, I, I really appreciate how verse 13 is right there in between having patience and putting on love. Because if we are all sorts of people, we're going to have all sorts of disagreements. But look what it says about those disagreements. Bear with one another. Bear with one another. Put up with each other if you have a grievance with each other. Um, notice it doesn't say to ignore the grievance. Um, Jesus' commands in Matthew uh, 18, uh, 15 through 18, which is how to handle somebody that sins against you, that, that still stands, right? You need to acknowledge the offense and talk to them, work it out. And if no progress is being made, you need to, to, to bring in some other people um, because we can't just ignore problems between each other. It has to be dealt with. And sometimes things can be dealt with between people with an apology, but sometimes an apology doesn't do it. Um, for example, if, uh, if you steal something, you might have to replace it or, or pay for it. Or if something um, has been accused of being unjust, you might have to change uh, the way that you're doing it to make it more just. And the early church was a model of how to figure these things out because they had problems with race, with class, with culture, just like us today. They were figuring this all out. It's a volatile mix. So people don't naturally get along with people that are not like them, right? We tend to self-segregate. And it's hard to be someplace where we're saying, no, no, we shouldn't intentionally self-segregate. We need to be mixed together. It's hard to figure out how to care for each other. In um, Acts chapter 6, the Greek widows weren't given as much food as the Hebrew widows were. And th these were both Jews at the time, but they were um, the, the, the Jews that had kind of taken on more the Greek culture and then the Hebrew uh, Jews that kind of kept the traditional cultures. But then when the complaint was made that the food wasn't being shared equally, the apostles had to create new structures of accountability to ensure that the food was being shared justly. And, um, and if you study that passage, you'll find out they appointed Greek believers uh, to be in charge of the food distribution. They're like, oh, oh the, Greek, the Greek widows weren't being taken care of. Let's appoint Greeks to kind of help uh, distribute that food. Bearing with each other doesn't mean that disagreements and wrongs are not dealt with. And I think often the, churches, the church uses, uh, misuses, I should say, this passage um, to avoid talking about how we've been hurt or our differences. But problems between groups and people still need to be worked out. We still need to work it out. We still need to talk it out. Um, but as the problem is being brought up and worked out, and sometimes even after the problem's resolved, we have to bear with one another. We have to put up with each other. Um, because if you don't, then that's just resentment. That's just resentment, um, right? You can't let things go. When after the apostles, what if after the apostles, they settled the matter of the food, you know, being equally distributed, and the Hebraic folks, they were just like, 
I don't know. I miss those good old days. It just seems like everything's different now. Did you hear? They were even speaking a different language. Like, how am I going to know what kind to get into? Right? Can you see the problem that that sort of attitude would create? Or um, what if the Greek folks didn't think that the, that the resolution was good enough? What if they couldn't... What if they didn't take account, like, how the apostles were trying to make things fair? And what if they had mistrust and resentment, suspicion over all the other Hebrews that they met? It's easy to let past hurts define, to define a current relationship. But as the, after an issue is resolved, and even as it's being worked out, there has to be some grace there has to be a willingness to forgive, to bear with one another, even if there's hurt. Otherwise, you don't have a community. And I love, I love with this passage that there's not a formula given on how to forgive. You forgive as Christ gave, forgave us, but, um, but there's not a formula given because a formula will always let you down, right? This is the rule. <laughs> as soon as you make a rule, you can think of 10 exceptions. I don't know about you, but I, I'm a type of person that just kind of tries to think like, well, how can I get around that rule? Um, I talked about that last week a little bit, which is why over every virtue... Uh, we put love. Love will bind us together into a people. Okay? Love will drive the, the, our need for forgiveness forward so that we can bear with one another. Um, this is the most important aspect of our citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. Now, we're, we're going to have disagreements in this church, specifically in this church. Um, these are just a few that we've had since I've been here, in the five years I've been here. Are we going to have pews or chairs? I know we voted on it, but I didn't vote for the chairs. I voted for the pews. I honestly, I cannot find a single person that voted for the chairs. Everybody I talked to is like, I, I, I wanted the pews. Um, so uh, what kind of music are we going to sing? How often are we going to take communion? Because I changed that recently, and, uh, and that, that's been like, oh, I don't know, every week. Um, what language is our worship going to be in? Okay, we've been trying. So, so my heart is to incorporate some more languages into our worship. What are our mask guidelines? Like, this is my, this is my first Sunday um, not wearing a mask whenever I was just, like, sitting around, like, in church. And it felt really weird. My face felt naked. Like, I was, uh, it was hard. But can we bear with one another? Can we bear with one another? Can we put up with each other? Do we love each other enough to bear disagreement? Or uh, I could even push this further um, and harder on things that are even more divisive. Um, disagreements that have lasted years or even decades um, in our church, the denomination. Uh, women in leadership. Can we bear with each other? Um, reparations. Uh, gay marriage, that's been a big one. Trans rights, divorce. Um, these are divisive issues. And we have a disagreement within our denomination, even within our congregation, with all of you sitting here. I bet you if we started talking, there would be a lot of disagreement that would come up. Do we have enough love to bear with one another? Uh, do we have enough love to bear with one another? 
when they land someplace different? Or do we dismiss one another? Well, they don't really believe the Bible. Or, gosh, they really are. You know, they seem nice, but I can tell they're just hateful and unloving. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Right? Do you guys know that song? They'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Do we have enough love to bear with each other? Um, not to agree with each other, but to bear with each other and to work out and to continually wrestle with one another. These hard things. So, sorry, I just dropped all those bombs right there in the middle of the service, tried to recover from that, huh? Um, but... Um, <laughs> But that rather heavy topic, let's move on to a second way that we come together to be God's holy people. Because there's also a hope for peace. There's also peace. Right? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Okay, now the, per, the word peace here, it, it means harmonious relationship. Harmonious relationship. And so for us as the church... Um, Christ is what forms us into a people, into one body. Christ is the source and the purpose of, having, of, of our harmonious relationship. Christ is the cornerstone of our community. And without him, we're just a bunch of people that for some reason have gathered together in this old building singing, um, singing, singing strange songs. And as much as I would like to meet people that have the same interests as me, right, um, that, that, that like the same movies as I do, the same TV shows and, and literature and music, um, I, I always get really excited, right, when I meet somebody that, that has some of the same interests. But that's not why I'm here. And I, I would love to be, you know, part of, like, a book club that just talked about books I liked. Or um, um, to, meet, to meet somebody that else that's a huge Tom Waits fan in church, you know? And we can talk about Tom Waits. Uh, and he's, he's a singer. Um, but that's not the purpose of this community. That's not why we're here. Um, if those things happen, then that's, that's cool. That's great. Because I love getting together. I love talking with you. Um, I love eating food. And I talk to most of you, and I, I genuinely like you. Okay? I can't think of anybody at church. I'm like, oh. You know, honestly. Um, you know, it's only been five years. But so far, so good. Um, If the church was made up of different sorts of people, you know, we might do different types of things together. But our focus here is Christ. He's the common denominator of our group. And, he, and, his, and it's Christ is that, that's what holds and sustains us as a community. And, and, and the, the, the problem with the church is that you've let people like me into it, right? right? That are needy, and I, I have my own agendas and interests just like you do. And I struggle sometimes keeping Christ as the focus. And I'm sure you guys do too sometimes. But we all need to be reminded. We need to remind one another that this community isn't about me. And this community is not about you. It's about Christ. Christ is our peace. Christ is the source of our harmonious relationship with one another. And we come to, come to this place, to this, this building, this, at this time, on a Sunday morning, um, you know, pushing up against lunch, um, not because we have something to offer, 
um, as important as it is to have, you know, to give offerings and to have services. And we come not because uh, we want somebody to be friends with, even though I think it's really important to be friends and to be a community. Uh, we're, we're actually not even here just to, to be in a community, um, as important as community is. And not, so this is not to lessen the importance of service or relationship or giving or community or any of those things that you may find here, that we hope you find here. But the bottom line is we all come because we need Christ. We have a need of Christ. He's the beginning and the end of our fellowship. Okay? He's the heart of peace. And he's what enables us to have a harmonious relationship. Even, um, even when we don't agree or we don't have common interests. I have to say, um, Pastor Christy came on staff this last year. I don't know if Christy and I have like hardly anything in common. <laughs> Almost nothing. But um, she is a blessing to me. She's a, she's a, she's a blessing to this church. Um, and our common denominator is Christ. And we're always just, you know, working and encouraging one another to love Christ. Church, we're a community of different races and age and economic backgrounds and, and cultural backgrounds and politics and genders and education. Um, and we can probably list a million different differences that we have. But when we come together, right, we worship. We sing the doxology. We pray the Lord's Prayer. We hear Scripture proclaimed. And we start becoming one. We start becoming one. And that's the, the third element of how we become citizens in heaven. We worship. Worship. We come together and we worship. We worship through studying about him. We worship through encouraging one another to be like him. We worship by singing songs about him. Let the message of Christ dwell richly, dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. I love that it says here we, um, that we admonish one another, not by pointing out the faults that we have, but by, about singing about the goodness of God. Right? We're not picking at each other. We're just, we're just loving God. We're pointing out to God. Um, because we become like that which we worship. Right? Um, um, I've heard N.T. Wright say that a lot of times. We become like that, well, that which we worship. And um, I don't think he said that. I think somebody, he's quoting somebody else, but I don't know who it is. And that just makes so much sense to me. Because who you spend your time with is who you look like. Um, I have a friend. Um, I, so he was a friend from from my early 20s, and uh, he was so much like his dad, it was comical, like comical. He was so much like his dad, and they stood the same, and they had the same facial expressions, and their voices sounded alike, and they used the same type of words. They were two peas in the pod, except for my friend. He was adopted. He was from Ecuador. His dad was white. Um, but the son, just being around the father, Looking up to his father, learning from his father, he became just like his father. They were like two peas in the pod. It was crazy. Have, have anybody, have you seen that? Like, they're like, they're not actually really related. They're just, they become like each other. Church, we gather together, right? To look at Jesus, to study Jesus. And we become, we become like Jesus, 
bit by bit, bit by bit. Um, that's how we kind of develop the markers that make us a community, right? It's not, not, it's not all those other backgrounds. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus, right? Being transformed into his likeness day by day through the renewing of our mind. Because as we come together, we, we, we start to look like each other because we tr we're being changed into Christ's likeness. Um, and people will see a family resemblance between us, though we're not related. And that resemblance is going to be Jesus. And that, that's what Paul was reminding the church at Colossae about. Um, they were all busy. They were trying to live their best life, right? And so they were trying to do all these things to live the best life. But they lost sight that they've been given the best life possible because they were chosen and beloved since the beginning of creation to be part of the kingdom of heaven where there's no Gentile or Jew, uncircumcised, circumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is in all and is, in, and is all. And that's the same, the same thing's true for you. The same thing is true for you. Christ's love is for you and you have been chosen. You have been chosen and are loved, forgiven and made holy through the power of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. It's there if you want it. You're part of this family if you want it. You're part of this community if you want it. You're part of this church if you want it. And I promise you, we will not always love you right. We won't. Um, I promise you, if you love us and stick around for a while, you are going to have problems. You're going to find things you disagree with. But I want to face the same way as you. I want to look at Jesus with you. And I want you to remind me of the goodness of God as I try to remind you of the goodness of God, that you are loved. And in that way, we grow into being good citizens in the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we love you. We trust in your goodness. We trust in your grace, Lord. We thank you that we are being made into your people bit by bit, holy, chosen, transformed by your love. Teach us how to be part of a community, how to grow together, how to worship together, and let your peace rule in our hearts as you make us one. In Christ's name, amen.